0: This show is distributed by Sunquot. Welcome.
1: Welcome to episode 241 of TechSync, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Coming to you from Pasadena today, a very, very sunny day. Um, Lovely day here. Hey, Jason, how are you doing? Haven't seen you for two weeks. So no, we did have, we had one lunch. Yeah, lunch earlier last. One poyo Loco lunch. So, um, (laughs) and today is kind of an interesting day because Uber, who you work for and who you have options in their company, just, uh. Just got three hundred and fifty million investment or something like that.
0: Yeah, I, I think it was <laughs> about three hundred and fifty million total. With what was it, Google Google? Two hundred and
1: eighty-five, the largest investment ever by Google Ventures.
0: Yeah, they said it was eighty. It made up eighty percent of their yearly fund. Yeah, allotment investment wow. allotment or something. So it was massive. So Google and uh, Uber are going to be in bed together on this stuff. So, so how does it make you feel, Ching? Well. I mean, uh, (laughs) first of all, I have a couple more years to vest and, you know, IPO, who knows when that could be, that could be 18 months, that could be three or four years uh, or longer, I guess. Um, So it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, and I mean, it's, it's sort of theoretically exciting, but, but practically speaking, it's just make believe. So um, it feels make believe. How does it make you feel about turning down the CTO role of, of Uber? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. well, as you now know, <laughs> that, was, that will go down as the biggest face plant of my life. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, it, at the time, I mean, I'm not sure how much we've talked about this on the show. We've
1: mentioned it a few times, but um, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. That, uh, tell me if I'm correct in your general sentiment. It just
0: didn't feel right in your life at the time. Yeah. So I'll, I'll summarize it. So this is back in, uh, you know, cause we probably have listeners who may not have heard this. This is yeah. we've been talked about it a long time. At least I don't think we have, but, uh, back when Uber was just starting out, this is December, 2010, Travis, who was a friend of mine. Um, I would say if Travis is a good friend of mine, but we're friendly, we would talk on the phone periodically and yeah. hang out. So put it at that level. And he called me up and he's like, dude, this thing I've, I've invested in Uber, it's Uber cab what it was called. Yeah. Blowing up. I'm going to be the CTO. He's like, you're going to be the CTO. I'm flying down there next week and I'm going to convince you to do this for a minute. You know, yeah. Like this thing. And I was like, ah, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I listened to him I was like, that sounds interesting. You know, I mean, I, you know, I was, you, I'm, you know, I was open to talking to us. We talked about it for a while. And, and, uh, but, um, after I got off the phone and the next day or so passed, I just was thinking, you know, this really isn't what I want. I don't want to move to San Francisco. I don't want to move, work 80 hours a week like he was talking about for the next four years. Um, you know, it was just like a few cabs or limos driving around San Francisco. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seemed kind of, you know, cabs and stuff. It's livery service. It, it seems like, like food service. Or, it's you know, hard to it,
1: understand the exponential of that. But it right? all
0: seemed kind of lowbrow. Right. Like, we're going we're to open a dry cleaning service yeah, or yeah. something or food service company. It's like, eh, not lowbrow, but just not... Not, this wasn't Not high super tech. exciting. You weren't thinking to yourself,
1: you know, no, like God, this wasn't, this
0: wasn't, this wasn't machine learning, artificial, you know, yeah. artificial intelligent, self-driving car, high frequency trading coolness. This was Lemos driving around San Francisco. Hmm. And, you know, and, and he was like, you know, I was like, well, what's the package? And he's like, well, you know, low single digits, uh, equity or whatever. He's like that's generally what this kind of yeah you we know, yeah. already got angel funding yeah we're already doing that's, just a, that's, a, which that's a, a standard. the which is yeah. standard standard isn't you know um, and I was thinking to myself yeah you know I, if I if I'm used to doing a startup I mean with startups I've done I own half or a third or yeah. at least you know a significant chunk of it right I'm a co-founder so I'm going to come in I'm going to have pennies of the pennies on the dollar of this startup it's not my idea it's I gonna move I, my sandy had just been uh, elected to be the junior league uh, president of the pasadena junior league which is a big two-year thing you know there's a lot of reasons why it wasn't a good fit and i was and at the time i was really excited about epic night yeah you know and uh but i said but i will uh I'll do some consulting work for you if you need some help because he, he because of my background in hyper trading he knew that I could build a system that would be fast and scalable and you know a real time system not just the a infrastructure web. that basically the Uber infrastructure yeah and core um, infrastructure. And uh, so I, you know, I, I said, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do some consulting. And he's like, oh, OK. And yeah. so that's what I did. I just did consulting with their one of like three. But it was really of
1: nice of him to still give you some kind of options.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, so I was just consulting. Yeah. You know? and, and and round after round of investment, I'm just like, I can't. You know, everyone, you think, oh, I missed it. And then around the round it <laughs> goes, oh, I missed it again. You know, I can't believe it. You know, and you're really excited to see it grow. People use software that you built yeah but then at the same time it's this anguish like oh my god i missed this thing right yeah. i totally and then then about the, a year after this is probably january or December, january um a year later and i uh, was up in san francisco i think it was like the first time i was up there and travis was like dude what do we got to do to give you some equity i mean what do we got to do to get some <laughs> more of your time i mean you built so much important stuff i mean yeah. you know and i was like well I, you know i don't know what he's like well, what do you want and i was like a time machine <laughs> it's like uh I've been asked for some gnarly shit but the first time machine. I was like, Yeah, I want to go back to two thousand uh, December two thousand ten. Um but yeah, he we worked out a consulting agreement and he's like he basically just handed me, you know, a contract and it had some options on there and I looked at it and I was like, Yeah, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean the option the amount of options compared to what I gave up was orders of magnitude. Right. I mean it was nothing like like hundreds I literally lost a piece of paper. Hundreds of times less. A hundred yeah. Many, I many hundreds so, of times. I don't know, maybe not hundreds. I don't know. Whatever it was. It wasn't much. Yeah. It was it was so little that I lost the piece of paper. Right. I didn't give a crap. I was like, whatever, it's just this is stupid. I'm probably not gonna be doing this for four years. I'm just this is a consulting gig. Yeah. It's so few options it's not it's not it, it wouldn't be enough options to make it worth my while to stick around. Mhm. Then of course about a year later about what was it, about like eight or ten months ago, I told Sandy, I was like, I think we should find the piece of paper. <laughs> I have a feeling that paper's worth more than anything we own. Right.
1: So now you have um, options in a company that's that's recently valued at three and a half billion.
0: Yeah. So it's funny. is even even if you have a minuscule percentage of a company when it when you start when it starts going to the billions, that minuscule amount can actually be yeah you know a sizable amount. So
1: we'll see. So anyway, so that's all really. Well, exciting. what I was going to yeah. wonder is, do you think that? You know, did you ever see that episode of The Simpsons when, when um, got, it got into the dictionary doing a Homer Simpson? I can't remember what it was. But do you think that this could be doing a Jason Roberts?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the ultimate face plant. Well,
1: the, I, the ultimate, like, you know, basically, in other words, doing a Jason Roberts is like turning out, turning down CTO of a potential.
0: Well, it's so easy large. to do. I mean, I asked if I, I ran it by a few of my good friends who are entrepreneurs and they all looked at me and they're like, yeah, I wouldn't take it. I, yeah. it's
1: funny. They wouldn't take it?
0: Yeah. Isaac Garcia, the C- the CEO of Central Desktop, good buddy of mine. You know, yeah. he's successful. He knows, you know, he he knows all about startups. They've, you know, venture funded, they're successful, all that kind of stuff, right? And I ran by him and he's like, Yeah, I would take it. But then now he's 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 revised his version of history. He's a vicious. He goes, I didn't tell you not to take it. I just said I don't believe in in their current strategy, but I believe in the luck. And I'm like, whatever, dude. He yeah. told me it wasn't gonna work. So he just laughs. He does it. He's he's uh, yeah, everybody's a revisionist. And I'm like But you know, a couple of things are funny about it. Uh tra- so uh yeah, I mean, you talk about, you know, the Jason Roberts mistake. Yeah. Is Travis walks up to me. This is like four or five months ago. I was up there working with Amos, and we're sitting there. and And uh, Travis walks by, and he's like, "Jason Roberts, <laughs> I'm going to make this your hundred million dollar mistake." <laughs> Jeez. And I'm like, "It's gonna." And I'm thinking, and Amos is like, "What's he talking?" About? And I'm like, "You don't even want to know." This yeah. Is like, but I'm thinking, I'm like, "It's going to be much worse than a hundred million dollar mistake." Yeah, it's yeah. much worse. Yeah than that. But you know what are do you end?
1: Well because if they IPO and then it goes to twenty X and yeah there's many different possibilities. Yeah the, yeah a couple What percent. would one percent be of twenty billion? Uh
0: two hundred million. Wow Ooh. That's a yeah. lot of money huh? That's a lot of cash. So anyway. yeah. Uh, anyway um oh and the other thing that was funny I I actually told Travis about this. So you remember how when we were when we were doing the show exclusively over Skype and there was there was one time when you, you recorded the show but then we found out the software wasn't recording. Yeah. And after that we just we put it in places that each of us is gonna have call it was like call recorder or call burner or something always running. So anytime you were talking on Skype, it would record it yeah. and stick it into a directory. Well, we did that for like a few months. And then I, I think when I was changing when I was moving over from my iMac to my new yeah, MacBook Pro or whatever. I was cop I was looking you know, you're going through folders and folders and looking for stuff and cleaning stuff out, like what's garbage and what I want to keep. And I find this folder of all these car cards. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. And I clicked a couple. Most of them are like conversations I was having with either you or uh, Guyon or my mom or something, you know. And then I see this one with and I click this other one was Travis. And it was that conversation oh. <laughs> of mean like, We're gonna blow this thing up, man. You're gonna be the CTO And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh please god get his permission to put that online and yeah. let's make that into a podcast
0: no that's like the worst oh well, he doesn't care i mean he doesn't he's just like look you know he just laughed you
1: know? i mean that would be like that would probably be the most famous phone call of all time yeah
0: but you can just imagine like with you know google starting up like surgeon Larry like joe Yo, dude you gotta do this thing we're gonna we're gonna kill it on this new search engine he's like a search engine come on that's already out of us that you guys are crazy
1: that's hilarious well um i I don't know whether to be sorry for you or happy for you because i'm sorry for you that you missed out on the big number but i'm happy for you that your options are really going to be worth something
0: yeah well i mean i yeah i mean my hope all along was that it'll be enough to put our kids through college i think it will be it'll 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 definitely cover that so that'd be nice but again it's years away yeah (laughs) now now all i gotta worry about is how am i gonna pay taxes on exercising options so that's gonna be so i have a question for you so if if People
1: offer you a CTO role again. How will you evaluate it? How will you feel about it? What decision will you make?
0: Well, again, you have to think kind of hard about it. But you remember that, like, most the vast majority of these companies, even the ones that are very successful, are like a hundred million dollar company is incredibly successful, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if you have one or two, one percent of that, it's like a million dollars. That's great. But you know, you may spend four or five years of your life working. For that, right? It's not. It's which, would, like I said, not to put it down, but it's not like the next CTO role means you're going to be worth fifty million dollars or two hundred million, right? I mean, it's, it's an extreme outlier. Uh, Uber is like, you know, Amazon or Facebook or Twitter. or whatever. It's just. It's a massive. It's one outlier. of the outliers, and yeah. it's just happens every once in a while. And it's just you know, statistically speaking, you're not going to be on one. It just so happened that I happened to step on one of those landmines you know (laughs) those outliers it just blew up right from under me it's just amazing but it's just so it's like so i don't know you just can't expect that yeah that's Mm -hmm. why i was so you would always turn it down then not necessarily i guess you just have to look at it and i mean so here's the thing i've always made decisions based on what i want to do based on not on money based on just being happy
1: how about if, if travis came to you and said look jason i've got this new idea
0: well, maybe who is Travis. I'm going to
1: give you. I'm going to give you a second chance.
0: <laughs> let's try this again. Because I know you're
1: hungry. He's like, all right, all right. Let's do a do over
0: here, Jason. This is a do over. So yeah. Okay. Right. And he's Travis. like, he's
1: like, I've got this idea for dry cleaning. You're gonna like, don't worry. That's it. Just say no more. Say no
0: more. <laughs> you had I'm me. In. In. You had me at. Let's try. I got it. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. I, it can probably depends on the person, but yeah, Travis. Uh, yeah, it would be a different story. Uh, it's like if Elon Musk came by and said, hey, I want to do this crazy. I, I'm i in, dude. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I learned my lesson. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, he, he's, in general, though, I've always, always lived live my life based on what I'm excited about doing, what I want to do day to day, and what makes me happy. And as a result, I'm happy pretty much every day. I have a really great life. So I never get lost i'm never go. oh what am i doing i'm unhappy in this where i run in i run into tons of people mass majority vast majority of people are not in a situation where like yeah i have an awesome life right mm-hmm. they don't then they don't they don't have as much control over their life as i do they, they don't, don't live like, in pasadena there you go that's a big one right there <laughs> no. but you know what i mean it's so whether or not i make obscene amounts of money or not i'm happy Mm-hmm. So as it turns out, I may not make obscene amounts of money, but I will make a good amount of money and you'll be happy. And I'll still be, I'll still have enjoyed. I really hope I'm you satisfied. had your cake
1: and ate it. You did it your way.
0: Yeah. Edit. Ate it. Ate it. <laughs> ate it. <laughs> cake and ate it. Yeah.
1: Well, talking about, um, making money and, and, uh, you know, building businesses and making money from them. I guess we should talk about plugio. Is there an update? Well, the, the update is that, um, the, I told you that the sale price is 85,000. um, so, the fir- did I tell you that the first sale fell through?
0: Mm, I don't remember. When, I don't know if you talked about that in the show. Okay, so basically, it fell through. So, what I
1: found out is that...
0: Was this the guy from Israel you were talking about?
1: No, the guy from Israel is the guy who... The current. The current guy, and okay. I don't know if that's going to fall through or not. Okay. But what I have found out is that just because you sign contracts and, like, sign letter of intents and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't really mean that the sale's going to happen. No. So, basically, that's kind of irritating. And, uh, I, the, the problem is, is that it puts you into this situation where, uh, they've got exclusivity on buying the product, but they're going through due due diligence and they've got this exclusivity, but then they could just pull out for any reason.
0: Yeah. Well, that's why, well, a couple of things is I, we had, we talked about this over lunch last week and yeah. I pointed out that it's essentially you gave them an option. You right. gave, it's just like what happened, and I know friends of mine in Hollywood who've, they sold an option on their screenplay. They sold an option. Uh, they sold an option. They didn't sell the screenplay, but another a studio or production company has optioned it. So for the next year or two, they have the opportunity to develop it if they want. But after if, if but they if, don't they give don't. an
1: option. They sell an option. They sell That's an option. That's the key here. So
0: you have to buy yeah. that right because you're giving something away for nothing. So... And there's also situations in, 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 in um, they, they term it a little differently, but like when one company is going to potentially buy another company or whatever, the, if, they, if, if, they, if the purchasing company pulls out, they still have to pay a huge sum of money to the acquire, the acquiree. Well, exactly. So I was, right? so
1: that's what I was going to say to the broker was basically, look, if this deal falls through from this point forward, if anyone wants to lock exclusivity into the purchase of Plugio, they can pay 2000 a week to get that exclusive right from this point forward. And if they're not going to spend that 2000 then and obviously that'll be taken out of the sale price if they do decide to buy it. But if they're not going to spend it, they lose it. It's like their their 2000 a week deposit, and then we'll just go 50-50 on it. So as many people as you want, you can pass it off to. It could be a good
0: revenue stream for us. We could make, we could make like- 2000 seems high, but uh, you know maybe 1000 a week, but something like that.
1: I don't know. I think you need to like, I mean, a, like a week of lost, of not selling it, I mean, that's a lot. That's a, well, a lot of time.
0: We we talked about this like last show, which is that Nassim Taleb's uh, paper on you have skin in the game. Exactly, they don't have any skin in the game. A thousand's not enough. Nothing. A thousand's not enough. It costs them nothing to tie you up in exclusivity, take their time, eh? Poke, kick the tires. The reason,
1: the, the reason why it needs to be two thousand is because we should both get a thousand. Like the broker should get a thousand, and I should get a thousand for a wasted week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like five hundred is not is not really any any reward to or me. Maybe fifteen hundred you and the five hundred a broker. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. You think? Yeah, um, so anyway, so we're kind of like into the sale with. Well, we're we're I guess over a week, over two weeks signed, uh, letter of intent, whatever. We'll see. I really don't know, but what I I was speaking to the guy who was buying it, and he had he said like a week into it, um, I've asked my social media person to review it and, I, and to see if, if it's any good. I was thinking. That, really after you've signed the letter of, that's weird like you've signed the letter of intent as far as i'm concerned you're buying this thing but you don't even know what it is like you, you wasn't spelling the name correctly <laughs> exactly well i just showed you <laughs> so
0: how like, it didn't cost him anything so yeah, i didn't really care which...
1: exactly so uh, i'm it, we're gonna have to do it differently in the future so i i really don't know whether it's selling this time but in the meantime i may not want to sell it because now it might start earning a lot more money now that i've put get drip on it
0: oh really yeah so you're um you are uh, working with Rob Walling's new... Yeah, uh, and... The, I mean, the one he,
1: Rob wouldn't let me invest in. He is a superstar. So basically, I'm obviously one of the one of the first few... Well, at, at least the way that he's worded his email, he's made me feel very special, like one of the first few beta testers of GetDrip. So, and I think I must because I found a few bugs. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, for example, getting commission from someone else's account. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is a nice thing. Um, but... Anyway, it's installed and they even have a concierge service where obviously just for the for these first few people where they will actually write the campaign for you.
0: Yeah. Which is something which along the lines of what we suggested early on with HitTail, which is like you'd have a service which would do the writing yeah. for the content. So
1: so I just sent him the white paper that I'd commissioned a few years back and just and then he he said you have to supply us some blog posts or some white paper or something like that and we'll turn it into an email course.
0: That's great. So that's done and uh well, you know, were you calling it drip or get drip? You're calling it get drip.
1: i well, because it's it is getdrip.com. I know it's drip. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: called drip. You know, what's interesting is when we were at the last Microconf, and there were several talks about, or at least that included, the concept of drip marketing.
1: Oh, right. Really?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think patrick McKenzie talked about it and yeah. i think i mean i think at least two or three if not more maybe it's like half the talks were like well you have to do drip marketing right and i and i walked up to uh um rob afterwards i go you realize the brilliance of this name is that anytime someone talks about the concept they're thinking of your product yeah i mean it's the perfect and where did he get that name from that would be me <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. Would well, be- it was funny. He wasn't sold on it at first. I mean, I'm sure we've told the story, but I'll just cover it. Later. We're we're at, we're at uh, this was like a year ago. This will be a year in October or something like that in December. I don't know. We're, we're sitting at lunch. He came to Pasadena. We're sitting at lunch, and he tells you this idea. And the two ideas, the two names that were, that were leading the pack for him were Courier and, and Velvet. And I think one or both of them were from Derek Sivers. Okay. And I, and then I, you know, I told him I, I went to wash my hand I went to the bathroom, washed my hands and I came back. I'm like, I've just named your company. <laughs> He's like, What are you talking about? I'm like, it's drip. He's like, uh, huh. I don't know. I'm like, Are you kidding me? Name the generic, that's it. And uh but then he ended up and then then I went back to um after we had lunch, I went back and I looked up variations of name for on uh on Domainer. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's drip with three Ps or I don't know what it was Drip.io io or whatever and then I said and then getdrip.com and I emailed them and I'm like you're available and so then, and he, then got I, get, he got get drip he got get drip yeah so at least I can say I named the company which is cool That is very cool But I'm excited for Rob Rob's a good friend I'm excited for him I hope it uh hope it blows up and I think it is, is going to blow up I think it is well, as you know, I think it's gonna blow up. I mean, I tried I did everything I could to make him to try and convince him to let me put some money in, but he didn't. The integration was
1: very easy. I mean, just to give a little review of the software, which I think uh definitely uh warrants it, mm-hmm. basically you just put a snippet of JavaScript on your site and then on your on your conversion page, you just put a snippet you just put a snippet of JavaScript that just basically says how much that conversion's worth to you. So for example, with Blogio, if you want to say the average person is going to be subscribed for six months. Mm-hmm. The value I send is a mo- you know one month times by six. Okay. So in other words, this this is what this is going to be worth to me. Okay. So then I can kind of look at these conversions, and I can also compare against the amount that I'm paying for drip as well, which oh. is 50 bucks a month. That's it. Yeah, 50 bucks a month. I thought it was more than that. Is that just the basic? Yeah, I think that's the basic. But that's that would be enough for someone like me who barely has any traffic. You know. Right. Um now interestingly enough already there's been two conversions through trip for me uh two paid conversions which have a value of $141. So a month no a total value of 100 a projected value of $141. Okay so you know right, so right. basically it's it's just it's just a value of 20 uh whatever you know I can't remember 141 divided by 6. Okay. But um I think that's kind of cool although I'm just wondering whether they would have signed up anyway. <laughs>
0: well, what you have to do, you have to you'll, find, yeah. yeah, Measure the difference over a period of months.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so it may it may just be kind of coincidence.
0: That's awesome. Well, yeah. well, I think maybe in uh, after after uh, drip has been to officially launched, you know, and maybe and maybe has a little bit of success, so we can bring um, bring him bring out Rob on to really talk through to talk through the yeah, just like he did with Hit Tail. So. Obviously, the problem is, is that if I sell
1: Plugio, I won't really get to see too much more about what happens with the drip. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I just wanted to get it in there before, even for the, the, these few weeks before I sell it. You know, right? But anyway, I was really happy to do that, and um, of course, Rob was very responsive uh, for any issues, and uh, it, you know, didn't take long to set up at all. Maybe just a couple of hours.
0: Yeah, well, that's good news. I mean, uh, if for something like that, if he makes the if he makes the integration process easy, that's a huge. Win because you know, there's that little way of describing it, a little formula which is conversion equals uh, uh, desire minus friction, yeah, right. And so you can increase the desire as much as you can increase the diet, as much as you can reduce the friction, the better your chances are. So that's good.
1: I got another one to talk about, unless yeah. you have some links huh? you want to do. Go ahead. Um, so with Digidoo, uh, one of the things that we're doing, I want to talk about this hack that we did and just. I feel kind of ashamed, but it really it works. But I, I want to find out what the listeners you think. You feel a little dirty. I feel a little dirty from this hack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> dirty little hack. Just this dirty little hack.
1: <laughs> so basically, we um, we're, we're uh, with the Android tablets that we're pushing out. We're building our own home home screen. So we have our own home screen. Okay. So in other words, we're taking over the tablet, right? Okay. So when whenever they click home, they go to our home screen, and we have like an. Obviously, they can't get to the settings, the kids can't get to the settings, and they can't screw up the tablet. So we have to have an unlock system, right? Right. So when we first put the tablets in the class, we didn't take it over, but we just had an app that, like, locked it, It of course, called AppLock or whatever. Well, of course, as soon as the kids look over the teacher's shoulder, they can see the unlock code, right? right? And, you know, a few minutes later, all the kids have got the whole thing unlocked. Really, that happened Yeah. There. Oh, t- all the time, every class. So then it's got Angry Birds on, all this kind of stuff. So we had to build a system where the unlock code was kind of changing based on time.
0: I remember, I suggested that right. for you.
1: <laughs> no, you did suggest yeah. that to me. So that prob- that probably does come from you. So anyway, so we're so we uh, Although I think Jeremy may have said it as well, but anyway, um, it was it was was a good suggestion. So anyway, we built it right. So, the way that the algorithm that we used, and this is the dirty little hack. Mm-hmm. So, basically, obviously, we, these tablets may be online or may not be online. So, uh-huh. we, we needed to be purely based on time. So, what we're doing is we want it to be a four digit code with four numbers, mm-hmm. right? So, every minute, we take the MD5 of the minute and we do a regular expression to just grab the first four numbers of the MD5. <laughs>
0: Oh really? Yeah, because
1: we no, we tried a few different, and obviously there's a salt in there, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a salt. So even even though I tell you that, no mm-hmm. one's going to be able to go and work out what our unlock codes like. Got a complicated salt, but there was a few different things. But basically, the libraries and 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 um, the SHA libraries and they just weren't matching up. Mm-hmm. Like we we tried like two or three different libraries that just weren't the numbers weren't matching up, mm-hmm. based on the the Java code and the mm-hmm. PHP code and on the server and on all this. So in the end, I thought, all right, what could, we, how could we just make this so that it would really hack it? You know, just, and it would be really simple. Just take the first four numbers of the MD5. But the problem is, is what happens if an MD5 has no numbers? Well, oh, it has just letters? Just has letters, yeah.
0: Well, why, you, uh, well, why, do, why can't it just be characters? Why do it have to be numbers? Uh,
1: I don't know. It's just easier. It's easier for people to just type in numbers and then you only have to put a, a number pad. I'm just wondering what the possibility of there being no numbers in an MD5. What do you think? I don't know. Pretty unlikely. Probably like one in a hundred million.
0: Uh, I don't know. So how many, how many, how, how long? And is it, it changes it every minute. It changes how every minute. How many, how, how long? Is the 32 minute? digits. So what's the probability that less than four of the 32 digits are num- are numbers? Yeah. yeah. And no, it's,
1: it's fine. It's, it's fine. If Even if there's one digit, it's fine. One digit will work as an unlock code. Problem is if there's no digits.
0: Oh, you're fine. You think you're fine? I think you're fine. I think
1: you're fine too. Yeah.
0: Now, yeah. If you had less than four, might have it could happen. I'm not sure what the number. But how are. how dirty do you think? I mean, do you think that's a very dirty hack? Well, I don't understand. I just don't understand why you just can't have letters and numbers. I just do it that way. Oh, really? Why not? Why well, just have numbers? Well, because then you have got to have a much bigger keypad. Does that make a difference? Yeah, your- of course. You have got like the you know the
1: whole screen versus just nine. You know, using the nine numeric oh, okay. keypad. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Whatever. That's fine. I think that'll work fine. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I thought that gets the Jason I mean, you're Jason seal keep, of approval. Yeah. Well, you're just trying to. keep And that's out. the
1: potential. I uh, the, the potential CTO of Uber gave that <laughs> approval. So I'm yeah. telling you, well, your word carries more weight uh, now. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the um, yeah. I mean, because you're really just you're combating a bunch of high sc- uh, high school junior high kids. Yeah. You know, in a in a setting, and it's not like you're trying to keep out hackers around the world out of some secure system that has monetary value or 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 hacker uh cred if they break in your system, right? Your your adversary is pretty limited. Yeah, and it's changing every
1: minute. And, you know, they would still have to know the main salt to understand how to break it.
0: Yeah, I think you're fine. You're good. All right. So um I see you got your little whiteboard there for your notes. That's actually that's actually good. Kind of professional huh? Well, you know, I was actually thinking. I've always thought it would be good if I had like like index cards. Yeah, you know, because then you just you'd actually have your my your handful like your seven or ten index cards, which would have the main topic and then the key pieces mm-hmm. of information. But yeah. it would just take too much time to prepare that. So you
1: remember Sebastian Arno? I don't. I don't know. I don't recall. Of course, you does ring a bell. Sebastian Arno, who we've had on the show a few times, um, he is working with Digidoo as a as a contractor for us. Great. Yeah, so um, we're working on some uh, stat stuff, and he's he's helping us out doing some Couch work.
0: Yeah, well, he he loves Couch right? Yeah, he knows. and he's he's very quantitative, so the stat yeah. stuff is right up his alley. So is that working out okay?
1: Yeah, it's great, it's great. Um, it's, uh, you know, Couch is just it's just simple, right? It's just yeah. nice those you know JSON document stuff, and I'm interested to see where it's going to go. And but we we needed a way of like capturing stats that would be big data, you mm-hmm. know. Because if we are shoving that stuff into MySQL, it would just be like, I don't know, just too too much.
0: What do you mean? Well, um,
1: I don't want the MySQL database to grow to like you know a hundred gigs or two hundred gigs or something like that with data. I'd rather do that with something in NoSQL.
0: But why? I'm just curious. Just well, what what does make a difference?
1: Well, for example, it it complicates the issue of, like, um, you either, you'd either need to use two data... You know, like, when you want to set up a local a local dev install? Mm-hmm. Right? So with, when you want to set up a local dev install, it's really nice to be able to take the, the production database and just dump it on your machine. Right. If that's 100 gigs, that's kind of painful, well, right?
0: They have to do the same, if they, even if you've split between two databases? Like, you have to install Couch and MySQL and...
1: Well, but you don't have to have the full data set from Couch. I mean, do you know what I'm saying? So okay. you, you could you could potentially use two MySQL databases as well. You know, you one is
0: your content database and one is more of your operational yeah. behavior, actions, whatever. Yeah, you could do that.
1: But still, why not use Couch? It's got some funky MapReduce things in it and all that kind of stuff.
0: Hey, why not? You know, more the merrier. Well, yeah. hey, um, at least uh, at least you an the opportunity to learn a new technology, right? Exactly. I mean, you haven't really played with it that much Mm-mm. previous to this, have you? So
1: what else do I have? Um, we have... We we need a developer, and I know we've said this before. Mm-hmm. And from the last time we said it, we have a developer. Who's I mean, Jeremy? said it.
0: You need a developer.
1: Uh, yes. So for for okay. we need a new developer, but s- especially front end focused. I I would really like to have someone who who is great at um, I don't know stuff like Backbone and Node and jQuery. Just really understands notice, JavaScript. Node is back end. not Node is back end, but it's it's like JavaScript, right?
0: Well, it's JavaScript, yeah. Okay. But I'm just saying. I mean, okay, you could be necessarily... pedantic about it.
1: Okay, so anyway, so someone who, I mean, obviously it would be great, obviously important to have the back-end side of things. But someone who could do UI with design experience, you know, just just more of a, a, a front-end focused full looking stack.
0: Looking for a UI hacker.
1: I'm looking for a full stack developer with a front-end focus. Okay. Like me. Okay. Basically. Got it. A mini me.
0: So is, it, is it, are you actually putting this out on the podcast? Yeah, this is so this, this is you, the podcast and But I mean you are so this is a solicitation like request for a proposal or request yeah. for an application. If yeah. you are that guy or girl, send send Justin an email. Yeah, full it's a full time role. The it's podcast it's, it, it's a
1: remote Texas? role, so it would be remote working. So it doesn't matter kind of the location of where you are. Where just do they look, send the email? Just send it to J V at V I P dot IE. Send it to me.
0: J oh actually no,
1: just send it to Justin at digidoo.co. except that's difficult to spell. It's Justin at d i g e d u dot co. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it. Justin at com, co. Yeah, co exactly. Got it. All
0: right. You so, know, I was thinking, do we? Do you think we have even one female listener? Probably not. I, I was thinking, if you are female and you listen to the show, send us an email. I would just love to know that we have one female listener oh, we've we, never we i've never received an email i've never seen a comment from a female or at least that i could tell i just don't
1: think we would i mean
0: no i know i'd just be curious I, it would be interesting to know i mean yeah.
1: is that like maybe we're looking at it wrong i mean maybe it doesn't matter it, i'm
0: just it just I, I don't think it would appeal to most females but it would just it's just something i would, yeah. I would find it interesting no i think that would be interesting about
1: um so that's kind of me um i have i have a couple more questions to ask you about like for example tesla update like yeah
0: i was talking about i was gonna i bring up tesla um so all right so this is great um the first thing is uh they want they they got the highest safety rating of any car in history <laughs> unbelievable so this is after getting the highest rating of any car in history by consumer reports like what was that four or five months ago yeah and getting the unanimous, motor, winning motor unanimously winning the motor train car of the year. Now they won the highest rate, most, the, the safest. safest car in history. They got fives in every subcategory, which has never happened. <laughs> you still get a five overall. But it's, if, I mean, it's not it,
1: like they went out to do that on purpose. It's just, it's kind of like, for example, it's fluke because the front, you know, you get this extra crumple zone because of having no... Engine. Yeah, I think it was a... You get it's, this... Ex, it's it's in, practically impossible to flip because of the low center of gravity of the battery being on I the think body. it's
0: exceptionally well-engineered as well. Yeah. But you're right. There, a lot of stuff you get for free for it being electric. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's the safest. So for all those parents who have who have kids out there, wealthier parents who have kids out there who are like, yeah, I don't want my, you know, my crazy teenager driving around something. They're going to be looking at Teslas, especially when the cheaper versions come out, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of parents, they're like, okay, you know, I want my kid to have a car... And I, and it needs to be safe. But the other great thing about the Tesla is, if you if you give it to a kid,
1: they can't get more than two hundred miles away from you.
0: <laughs> well, the um, yeah, you know, the supercharger network has grown quickly. Yeah, right. So that's 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 not going to last long. Um,
1: so about, I was thinking but, about investing in um, Solar City.
0: Well, I want to keep talking about Tesla. I got a few more. Okay, go on then. Go on. You always jump topics. For All right, me. sorry. I, that's one thing I have to like. Keep. That's why reason. Like I, I, noticed that. Like I'll, I'll talk uninterrupted for a long time because I know you're going to interrupt me and try and switch. All right, go on then. So let's do more. Th- two more things about this. So the the, the second thing um, is they out... this this first six months of the year they outsold like Chrysler, Cadillac, Jaguar, Volvo, like everyone. They grabbed. I think it was. Twelve or fourteen percent of the um, luxury um, car market already. Let's just get started. Isn't that amazing? And they only have one model car.
1: God, I wish I had more than one share.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, hey. Well, so well. Hey, the good news is. So that that's like my, you my dub- moment. You've doubled your money. I have. It was you. You bought in at like eighty bucks. Something like that. Nice, and now it's. I just saw yesterday it went to like one hundred sixty-two dollars.
1: I mean, is it still worth buying at this stage? Or is it too high up yeah, the put- Yeah,
0: I mean, if you're investing long term, yeah. You know? I mean, I think what you do is you average in, you know, by Would a you bit. put like
1: a thousand into Tesla yeah. now?
0: Yeah. I mean, it may very well drop down to 130, 120, but it's but it may not. Hmm. Right? That's why you don't wanna like if you believe in a company long term as an investment, why well, you don't wanna be just only buying on dips because these dips may not come that 's why the best thing to do is kind of average in maybe buy a little bit every week you know just just put in a little bit and you average in the cost so you don 't like buy it at a high point, but you're the chance that you 're actually going to hit the low point is pretty small if you 're a trader that 's what traders do they they 're constantly looking for dips you know and or they're looking for peaks but if you 're not a trader're an investor you don't you 're not able to sit and watch a computer screen all day, all day and try and gauge supply and demand. So what you whatever. just
1: like say, set a rule like every Friday at 10 a.m. I'm going to buy a hundred bucks.
0: Oh yeah. Well, like I'm that. Gonna buy- or are you going to be less than just, just every week when you think about it, it's like, Oh, I'll go and buy another $500 worth or another, I'll go buy another 50 shares and just add on slowly over time. And that's what my buddy Mark does. He just makes it like every month he puts in like a couple thousand dollars. In Tesla <laughs> or something, you know, it's really funny. So our mutual friend, um, it was more his friend. I I know him though, uh, Rick. Uh, he he and Mark had taken a test drive in Tesla back in the early fall, mm. and they walked away going, "That car is unbelievable." And they're both they're both like, you know, thinking oh, we They both agreed that they're going to buy Tesla. Not not he's going Not only was Rick going to buy the car because he he's a wealthier guy I and mean, he can afford afford to buy a Model S, but they were also going to invest in it, and then. Um, Mark, uh, I think it was like four months later or something was probably after we it had taken its initial run up to hit, probably hit 80 or 90 bucks or something. Mm. He, he emailed Rick and he's like, he's like, Oh man. He's like, do you have your, te- your model S yet? I, I can't wait to, and he's, you know, to drive it. I can't wait to see it or something. And he's like, Oh no, I, I, I changed my mind and I decided not to buy it. And Mark's like, Oh, that's too bad. He's like, well, at least you're psyched about the investment, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the, the guy's guy. like, "Oh no, I did. I decided not to invest." Oh no! <laughs> and he's like, "Oh man!" And so even more recently, though, um, this is like a week ago. Mark tells me he gets his email from Ricky Ford. To me he's like, he, "Rick's like, yeah, I think I think it's totally overbought now. I'm I'm going to short. I'm going to short Tesla." Right, and it, it it's, I, so I said, well, I said, like, I think that's a really bad idea." <laughs> I said, like, "Yes, it is likely when, when, whenever a stock price goes, you know, parabolic, you know, in the short run, it you eventually runs out of steam, and it and it falls down because eventually you run out of buyers, right? And then when it starts to stall out, people who made a lot of money are like, okay, well, I'm going to take my profits now." before it falls and it starts to fall a little bit. Everybody's like, ah, you know, and everybody starts trying to sell. So you'll have those kind of, that's those fluctuations, this fear and greed dynamics. Um, and uh, you know, so that'll happen. Right. But if you're, if you're on the five to seven year time horizon, who cares? Yeah. Right. So, so then he gets his, <laughs> he, he uh, Mark sends me this text. It was great. He says, Rick, Rick buys Tesla puts. Tesla responds Tesla responds by going up 6% the first day. <laughs> he has this little smiley face with a thumbs up. <laughs> and then the next day it goes up another like 5%. So what does it
1: mean? That means he he, he has to pay that extra cash, right? So
0: te- so if you, if, you short put, it, yeah. if you buy a put, if you buy put, it you pay money to um for the right to sell it at that price. So he Probably put down, who knows, 10 or 20 or $30,000 in puts for the right to sell it at, you know, a hundred and who knows, 50 bucks yeah. or whatever. But now it's like blowing through this. He's just going to, he just threw a ton of money out the window. Oh, God. And I was just like, I mean, it was Chris. I was just laughing out loud. I'm like, dude, that is such a bad idea. It's kind of the, the analogy I'd use is like, it's like you're figuring out which animal. To, to to hunt, you're hungry? And it's like, he's like, that tiger over there looks really tired. I'm gonna go kill that tiger. And I'm like, I don't know, that's such <laughs> like, a good idea. <laughs> I think I'd go after something a little less dangerous. So I mean, there are other there's other there are other animals out there yeah. that you can kill and eat that are, you know, I wouldn't go messing with the tiger. I would not mess with Tesla unless you're a pro trader and that's what you do all day is gauge supply and demand and you want to play those things. But if you're an investor, because it's just, it's too hard and that there's just too many, there's too much momentum behind this. Well,
1: let's what talk mean, about, can I just, I want to ask you about solar cities. Is it too
0: late to? Yeah, no, no, it isn't. I, but I just want to say one thing about it is, um, well, anyway, I lost my train of thought, so let's go on. Oh, sorry. Well, solar is still kind of cheap. Relatively. It's, it went up a fair amount, but it's not. It didn't 5X. I mean, Tesla, when we first started talking about it, was $30. Now it's got $160. So but it's, a more isn't solar city still around $30? I don't know. I haven't checked it lately. It's oh, 40 crap. or something. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's bounced around. But so that, would that be a good one in the long... I agree. I, that's my two favorite th- stocks that I think are, you know, based on the numbers that I've run and the stuff that I've read and the analysis I've done, I think solar is another game changer.
1: I, I, was all, I was Googling, like, undervalued stock. Mm-hmm. You know, since I want to be a, a, a big you're stock a trader one day. You're
0: a in your one share. <laughs> so you're, you're one share at <laughs> Tesla.
1: You're a player now. Huh? So one, th- one thing that was consistently came up was Yahoo. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yahoo is an undervalued stock. Mm-hmm. And they're, I mean, they're earning a lot of, they're doing pretty well for themselves. And don't you think that Marissa Meyer is going to,
0: yeah, that, I, that I, I had that like on my in the back of my mind as a um, ever since how about a year ago when Mar- Mariah first came on. So I, I I was at the park with the kids and I was talking with their dads and he worked there and he's like he was telling me how impressed he was with her. Like they would have like a like a company wide meeting where she'd be answering questions from the employees and he she, he was like man she could answer every question in detail like she knew everything. She wasn't just someone sitting at the top of the pyramid telling people what to do and not really understanding the, the details of the company. She knew everything. Um, so, yeah, I think it has promise. I, I, I don't believe in it like I believe in Tesla or you know, or, or, you know, or Elon Musk generally, but I think, um, she, I think that it would be worth putting some money into it. You because
1: know, I was reading an article that basically last month, for the first time since 2011, their properties overtook Google in terms of eyeballs and uniques. So basically Yahoo had more people looking at their stuff The real issue is just like monetizing on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I just keep it simple and I'm like, do you think the CEO is, is a, is a badass? I mean, do you think that they're like, are they of the caliber where they're not just another empty suit, which is the vast majority of the people who run these companies? And if you think they're, if you, you think they're that kind of person? they have an incredible sense of vision and product and, and everything else. And, uh, and that they're just going to make things happen. They're not just like, you know, uh, you know, listing their bean counters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And also the other thing is it's like, do you think their product's awesome? I mean, do you believe in it? If you personally like, well, I would never use it. I think it's crap, but you know, Hey, on the the Motley Fool, they say it's great. You know, I, I, I just yeah, don't think you can really not. now Yahoo is starting to get a situation where their stuff is starting to turn around. So, For me, it only kind of barely crosses over in that category. We're not sitting around talking about how awesome Yahoo is.
1: No, but there there are some products that you probably like of Yahoos. Like what? Just stuff that's around, like um, some of the libraries, like the UE library. It's kind of cool. That's a stretch. Next. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, They buy good stuff. I don't have anything to mind. I I think like because Marissa Meyer is, (laughs) I, I think she's showing herself to be pretty impressive. I mean, she's she's. She, I think she kind of, I don't think she's an Elon Musk or any Steve yeah. jobs, but I think she's far above the mean Yeah. in terms of, you know, company CEOs, in terms of those, ca- those qualities of, you know, e- ethic, e- well, so- effort and, and vision and, 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 commitment and all those kinds of things. Um. So she might, I I would like, I would, why wouldn't mind having a small position in, te- in Yahoo if I hit some extra cash? Yeah what's what was her background like what's her history the well, she was her? like in charge of like product at google for a long but time did she just start as an intern kind of thing in google no i think she had a like, a phd in computer science or machine learning from um, oh she already did? stanford or something like that okay yeah, she's smart i know that i mean she's not only smart but she's you know obviously technically very technical and very well educated
1: well, we are um, 45 minutes in. We haven't discussed any links. I'm wondering, do you have any links? I'm, well, I'm some kind of those
0: p- were links. I had links to all those things that we were... Just, oh, I, really? just, I guess I just remember them up top of my head, so let's yeah. see. Um,
1: I don't know. That's you, me. I mean, that, that, you, that's, that's my stuff. My, all, the, all the stuff that I'm going to bring to this show. So you are carrying the next 45 minutes. <laughs> I carried the Great. first 45
0: minutes. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. Well, you know, that another thing that I think is, um, I think has real potential upside is Bitcoin. Just investing in Bitcoin. Generally. Oh, investing in Bitcoin? Yeah.
1: But I thought, wasn't there something about Bitcoin being outlawed in some, by some states?
0: No. I mean, I don't know what that is. It's outlawed in uh, Thailand. It is? Uh, it's, Germany just uh, uh, has just uh, ruled it to be money. And so it's going to be regulated like money. Hmm. Homeland Security sent out a bunch of subpoenas to the biggest players in the space, like Coinbase and Mt. Gox and the Winklevii. You know, the Winklevoss own like one percent or something of the outstanding Bitcoin. The Winklevoss being the Winklevoss brothers, who, you know, and the famous. But you know, we, famously had Facebook stolen from. We call them, them like, the Winklevoss. Yeah, the <laughs> right. Um So that that's it, owning one percent of
1: a currency. Imagine that.
0: Yeah, I I think um, I don't. I think it's crossed. It's crossed the threshold of. It's probably here to stay. I don't see it going away. Mm-hmm. I think it's most likely it's, it's it's too integrated. People are starting to use it too much. There's too many people believe in it. Um but it's still in that fuzzy area of like weird, not well understood, is it illegal or unethical? All those kinds of things which make it a great asymmetric investment. I think. Just like Tesla. 8 months ago, 10 months ago, Tesla was this, was one of the shortest stocks on the market. Everybody thought, "Ah, it's not going to work. It's just crazy." What does it it's mean a- asymmetric
1: start- investment? It,
0: it would mean is your potential, your, the potential gain vastly outweighs the risk that you're going to lose money. So, yeah, you may lose, let's say you bought $1,000 in, in Bitcoins, you know, which will buy you about 10 of them. Okay. You may lose that 1000 but it can quite likely be a 10x, hmm. you know, over the next few years. It's sort of an asymmetric investment. That's the way I viewed Tesla. There's massive upside. It's like a startup. I think it's an opportunity to buy a startup. I think Bitcoin is here to stay.
1: So you're going to, are you going to put cash into Bitcoin? Yeah. Have you, have you? I was just had
0: a long conversation with my buddy Mark, the guy, who, the friend of mine who does. Would you the, do it? Yeah, go on, yeah. Who does the, who with me invested in Tesla and also done Solar City. And we, he, we were talking about that. And he's like, yeah, uh, he, you know, we both have become recently interested in the cryptocurrency area. And he's like, you know, I'm really looking, I'm thinking about, uh, um, you know, looking for them asymmetric investments. And that's what I was saying. We need to start a fund called Asymmetric Investments. <laughs> so so could I just this. give you some cash to manage? Because you can just do it yourself. I'll just okay. tell you what to do. Go to uh, Coinbase and then go, just go buy. They're like a hundred, a hundred and twenty bucks for a bit. Oh, you wouldn't do it with Mount Cox. Um, I don't know. I just, I would just. Coinbase is one. That, is just one that I know about. I mean, you can. But do, I went to Coinbase and it just looked to me like it was something that you put on your website to
1: to use bitcoins. So I couldn't see a place to buy bitcoin.
0: I don't know. You do Mount Cox wherever you want to do it. But did you um, see? Did you use Coinbase? I haven't used it yet. Oh, okay. um, I was just looking at their. API for a project that I'm playing around with but I would um yeah if you should just I mean you have to like said you don't have to like I mean I wouldn't buy like one share like you know your whole (laughs) you know it's just enough to like make you like yourself frustrated yeah like but you know if you think if you believe that it has real upside potential in the long run yeah you know go put enough behind it so that if it did do well you wouldn't feel like an idiot but then of course if it completely evaporated you wouldn't be like really sad yeah, you know, like what's that amount? Is that five hundred dollars? Is it two thousand dollars? Is, what is it? Mm. You know, that's kind of that's what I'm going to do. Um, but uh, yeah, so Bitcoin. So my investments are going to be Tesla, Solar City, Uber, and Bitcoin. Yeah, <laughs> that's, my, that's my asymmetric investments.
1: Yeah, I wonder if I could get in on Uber in aftermarket. You know, <laughs> I don't, uh,
0: yeah, I don't. That that uh, I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. For a long time. I, I don't know how long it's going to be before they IPO, but I imagine, I mean, with, three, with just what they raised, $350 million, I mean, they're not going to need money for a while, yeah, right? They're going to want to put that to work and blow that out, you know? So one thing they're doing is, uh, is Curtis, who is, um, you know, he and I, we started together, and he, he became the VP of engineering, and uh, he's now a leading growth team. So they didn't, Uber has done no marketing, Basically, I mean, occasionally they had like little like, GMs for individual cities would do a little bit of like incentives and cute things. But generally speaking, there's been no well, no, marketing. but they have had that thing where they did like an,
1: you know, Uber and ice cream van or something like that. Little things, cute yeah. little
0: things, but nothing real. I mean, they haven't really put any money or effort behind marketing at all. But now they're going to like turn the dial on that. And, uh, and so, 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 uh, Curtis is, is, um, You know, we had uh, like a long dinner the other night and uh, talked about all this stuff and he's building out the growth team and they're going to do some really awesome stuff. And now they have like this hundreds of millions of dollars in in a war chest, plus the amount of money they make every month. I mean, they're almost profitable now, even at the rate that we're growing. There's like 80 engineers now. There were 65 the last time I was up there like a month ago. They're hiring like eight a month. What do they do? I have no idea. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, they're building, there's just tools and... I mean, there's just tons of stuff, and they, they I was talking to product managers, like, yeah, we're backlogged. There's just we can't get all the stuff out that we want to get out. There's just too many things.
1: So, are they? I mean, um, in the TechCrunch article about it, they spoke about Travis Travis's vision of basically Uber being more than just for cabs. Just, oh yeah. You can Uber anything, basically. Oh yeah. So, what what do you what does that mean in the long run? Do you think? What what like what does it mean? Like, you could Uber a cup of coffee. I don't know.
0: Be honest yeah, with you, yeah. I'm not privy to that stuff. Even if I was, I couldn't talk about it. Yeah. But I'm really not. I it's not like I'm trying to be coy. I just, I don't really know. I mean, I, I heard a couple things that sound interesting, but yeah, I yeah. mean, it would be my place to say. And, um, but yeah, he is, Um, Travis has a really massive, aggressive vision. I mean, he is not screwing around. They are going big. It isn't like all the things that you think might be possibilities probably are, really plans mm. and now with partnering up with google and raising that kind of money i mean this stuff's happening so you know and like you your, your uh, halo cab yeah. i know they're imploding oh really yeah yeah you're know, you a big halo club supporter i wasn't the. Su- oh yeah you Cap. were I wasn't we'll go back and listen to that show you're like i don't know uber might not have a chance halo cab you know i never said that just did at halo cab <laughs> i never said that <laughs> yeah i think they're uh, i think they're kind of they're struggling mm. i mean um interesting I don't know. I mean, maybe they'll do it right. I think Lyft is the biggest competitor mm. that they have to be concerned with. And and the good thing is, the thing about Uber is, though, is that they are paranoid. Like, mm. they're not just like, we're the jet and nobody mm. can challenge us. They're like aggressively monitoring any potential threat and trying mm. to squash it out, suck the air out of the room before they have any chance to gain a foothold. That's why they're growing so quickly. Getting to every single market before there's like hey, an Uber of Sydney, an Uber of Shanghai, an Uber of Buenos Aires. no. <laughs> getting in there or like we're the low cost Uber. It's like, no, we Uber is a low cost Uber with Uber X. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like trying to, trying to get in everywhere before anyone can get some kind of foothold.
1: Oh, that's a good strategy.
0: But uh, yeah. Um, oh, so one thing I'm going to build So get on the technical side uh, on a more technical topic, I'm going to build a, um, a real time dashboard for uh, the uh, real, for the dispatch system, the, the, the all the, the entire real time system. So, our, um, you know, what you've heard me talk in pre- previous shows about the concept of the grid. You know, we have this distributed grid of, um, of node processes for cities for, for doing all the dispatching and stuff. So now it's not just, ser- it's multi-server. And so you have all of these, you know, workers and grid managers and split on all these servers and everything. And so but there's no way to monitor that stuff. Really, I mean, there's there's off-the-shelf tools, there's logging tools, and there's you know there's control ports that you can get into SSH into. But I'm gonna build a really slick streaming. So you're gonna have a god view of the god view. I'm gonna have a god view of yeah the real time system like that they that the you know like what's the CPU or memory usage or latency and the heartbeats and the you know everything all the internals of every worker and the manager and who's, who's reporting into who and the health of every piece and, and actions like, okay, move that worker to this server, move this process over here, you know, all that kind of stuff. I was thinking the other day, I was talking to George, one of the developers, and I'm like, I think I'm going to make it like one of those futuristic interfaces, you know, like the uh, Prometheus or Oblivion, you know, like they kind of black, dark blue background with like really cool colors and make it look like uh, something out of a sci-fi. Right. Nice. Yeah. That'll be cool. Yeah. Just to keep myself entertained because because Amos is like, yeah, you know, you could just use, like, Bootstrap. And I'm just like, oh, snore. Mm. Like, really? Like, just make it some plain Jane. You know, I mean, I know Bootstrap, you can, you know, you can.
1: You can tweak can make it, yeah. You can tweak
0: it, but I'm just like, let's make this thing custom. Let's make this thing really, really slick. I mean, this is, this is for the dispatch team, right? We can make it where we want. I mean, why not make it prometheus you know, style <laughs> interface, you know? <laughs> our minority for whatever, make it super, super <laughs> cool. Fantasy, yeah. you know, fantasy futuristic interface. Um Yeah, so uh that'd be kind of that'd, that'd be fun. And then so Amos was was talking to me, he's like, hey, so he was walking me through the new architecture, you know, which I you know, I, I knew already, but he's like, Okay, so we have you know grid managers ranging an individual server, and then we have you know, different grid managers running different servers and they can do all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I, I built that in 2001. It was like our first real time distributed options trading platform. Mm-hmm. Like, except I wrote it in C and Visual Basic for front end stuff and streaming stuff, binary data over sockets as opposed to JSON and Node and stuff. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like what you've coded up here is it's like you've kind of built, you're like, oh, yeah, I have built that. Right. right. It's like you probably say all this different people with do you just probably, a lot of you a lot of it you've built in one way or another
1: maybe but i mean i i do find did do pretty challenging mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah no i'm just challenging but i yeah. mean it's like it's it's like the saying like you know like you've reached you know you reach middle age when everyone you meet reminds you of somebody else you've met
1: yeah that's that's a good saying
0: well, it's like as a developer it's like you really reach middle age as a developer when every piece of code you wrote reminds you of another piece of code you've uh, written like yeah, i've built that before i just gotta go find it cut and paste and tweak a few things right that is a nice saying. you know Another theory, I was just thinking this the other day. Um, so I was thinking of the hacker news, like, um, you know, you hear people complain about like, oh, you know, I can't, you know, get on the front page and this and that, and it's rigged and all this kind of stuff. I feel like it's exactly the same process as startups. So launching, like submitting a link, the probability of success and what it takes to seed is almost the same thing as doing a startup. <laughs> so for instance, you need a couple things. You need a good idea, right? Well-executed in some ratio, sometimes it can be a pretty good idea to a great idea mm. and depending on its execution. So it's a product of those two. It's like the multiplicity. It's the, it's the quality of the idea multiplied by the quality of the execution. But you also need a little helping hand that you don't have to have that, but it drastically increases the probability. That if you can get a half dozen people, who just kind of help you out. Right. Mm-hmm. And as we know, anybody who's who i mean a vast majority of these people hit the front page they have a help from a few friends yeah hey could you give me an upvote? Yeah. just a couple just just enough to get just five or six just enough. at least to get it like just uh, to even get a uh, um, so that it's a, it's
1: on the on the front page at the bottom for like 2 minutes and then well if
0: you get like six or seven you can get to like middle like like 20 15 to 20 and you can get you can get like a uh, you you're get a review you get a, you get a fair trial by the front page yeah mafia and- for like a half hour, 45 minutes. And if, if you don't catch the eye after a half hour, 45 minutes, you don't you're deserve, gone. You you're don't deserve down. it. Or maybe longer than that, maybe like an hour. But, but that's what it's like at startups. It's like, you know, the guys who launched Quora, right? Facebook guys. I mean, yeah, Quora was a, a pretty good idea, pretty well executed. But being a bunch of Facebook guys, they were able to get all the other people in He's, that is world. Is Quora a profile. success? I'd say so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean is it a massive financial success? I don't think so, but it's, it's a successful internet property. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of people use it, a lot of traffic. Um, you know, it's kind of a, I think it's still kind of a, a big deal and, you know, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's certainly successful. Yeah. But um, anyway, but you'll hear people talk about, you hear things like, oh, it's, it's, unf- you know, startups are unfair. You got to have this or that, or, you know, submitting hacker news, it's rigged. It's the same process, Right idea times execution with a little helping hand. And so if you have, and, and especially if you have street cred, like if, if Patrick McKenzie submits something, you know, the chances of it going are huge, right? It's just like if you're a successful entrepreneur, you launch something else, immediately a lot of people are going to give it the benefit of the doubt and give it attention and treat, take it seriously. It's so it's whole like different a, thing. it's a microcosm. It's 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 a fractal of, of the startup. No, right? no, it's just, it's just similar. It's just yeah. very, it's the same kind of, it's the same, it's the same process. So it's like, if you want to know what launches startups, I think, same thing as what launches, what gets a link to the top of Hacker News. It's, it's it, luck, help from your friends, quality of execution, an idea. So you got any... um I have some idea? Some uh, links? Some links talking about Hacker News? Okay. Or, or even a Snowden update? Uh, well, that well. I'm I'm I to I don't want to spend too much time on NSA because we've talked too much about it, but I'll do the highlights. So grok law legal site sh- shuts down over fears of nsa email snooping so grok law is a place you could find out ask questions about law and and they were just yeah you know they just said we can't we can't uh keep it open because we this stuff isn't private you know it's being Jeez. reviewed by the nsa so that was test terrible you know uh um uh glenn greenwald's partner, husband, I don't know how you want to say it, um, was detained, detained for- in, in, in London at Heathrow airport for nine hours. They, they pretty much abused this clause and some, there's some terrorism act mm-hmm. and they, they, um, uh, basically took all the electronics and they're going to try and crack everything's encrypted, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's, that's another abuse of, of power. Um, there's another article on Bloomberg, the NSA analysts intentionally abuse spying power multiple times. So like there's, this is like an internal auditor's appointment. And this is just probably the tip of the iceberg, like all the abuses where they're, where analysts are looking at stuff and viewing stuff that's, they're not supposed to be. Of course, if we give people power, they abuse they abuse it. That's so what's, what the,
1: st- what's the state with Snowden now? He's basically. Well, been-
0: who cares about Snowden? <laughs> like, yeah. You keep getting distracted by the mainstream. What does the mainstream media want you to do? Get distracted. By Snowden. I guess. Right. Right. Okay. That is, but, you're, but what's the real, what's the real, what's the real question? What's the real problem?
1: The NSA is snooping on us.
0: The NSA, we're living in a, v- va- underneath a vast surveillance state, mm-hmm. which is a huge threat to democracy, ultimately. That's the key issue. What one guy does, is living in stone. He's in, he's in, he's in Russia. He has a year of asylum. He's, was after a job by the uh, Facebook of Russia. That's it. Who cares? What's important is what the NSA and what we're going to do about it as a as a society.
1: Well, in all fairness, I, I cared, but I mean,
0: well, that's right. Well, I feel
1: bad for caring now.
0: Well, no, I'm just saying you know, that thing. You're 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 you're. That makes it because we're all, humans are always interested in the human story, right? If you can humanize a story, it just makes us we can empathize, we can see it. It's not abstract, but it's also it's a tool that can be used to distract from the key story. I mean. The, the the government would love you. everyone just to be focused on Snowden and not to be focused on, and is he a traitor or is he a hero? Is he a whistleblower? Or this, like, instead of focusing on like, hey, you assholes have been sucking down all of our email and all of our text message and all of our phone calls, and you're abusing it, and you're doing it, and you're giving this information over to the DEA and the IRS and the FBI and telling them about it and telling them to do parallel construction to create cases against people. I mean –
1: you know this is a nightmare it's basically the, the the idea of the prism being the the split of um, the data flow directly mm-hmm. on the backbone that's how they're doing it as far as as far as some of the articles i was reading
0: that's one like, there's that's, a, there's a ton of things they're doing i mean they like the,
1: 70% of data is is just is just siphoned off in the us and passed to the to government.
0: I mean, more stuff is coming out, but I think you can pretty much assume that they got the vast majority of everything they want. They don't have to like, th- you know, they can do deep packet inspection and say, "Oh, this is this is a streaming HD movie. We don't need that. This is these are spam emails. This is stuff." So they don't have to look at all of that. They could immediately just split that off and go, "This is the wrong kind of content. We don't need to." Is this an email? Are these?
1: But so, aren't you on- like? I mean, isn't it a little bit like the real mail system where? There's just so much of it that you have some anonymity in the fact that there is so much.
0: No, because all they have to do is—I mean, okay—all they have to do in that is—is is do filters on this. It's like you have a mass. I have a massive gigabytes. How could you possibly find the information you want? They just have selectors. It's just
1: a filter. Yeah, but the selectors and the filters are—if you trigger something. So if you're not triggering something, aren't
0: you? Oh, so those—you don't talk about certain things, and you're okay. What do we call that? Censorship. People self-censorship. Right. How do you have a free society if people can't think and say what they th- what they what they feel? But maybe some want.
1: people just don't talk about it.
0: What the hell does that mean?
1: Maybe some people don't talk about. Well, a lot bombs of people and... don't talk
0: about anything, but yeah. So anybody who ch- who's who's sort of a political activist or, or or dissident disagrees with U.S. foreign policy or U.S. civil liberties or U.S. anything like this, they're the ones who attract. Yeah. Uh,
1: so I guess yeah. So basically, the sheep are all
0: fine. Well, the people who are the sheep, the but they're people just who people stand who are just out, like uh, the people who are say, "Look, I'm not going to worry about politics. Unlike politics, that I'm going to worry about are domestic politics, like you know, gay marriage or health care or what the tax laws are or whatever. But you know, who were bombing and who were killing and who were detaining and who were torturing and you know, what's the real reason for this war, or that war? I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, uh, worry about that stuff." But that's the stuff that gets sucked in by the NSA, and those are the people who get highlighted, and those are the people who get, you know, monitored and potentially get marginalized or detained or whatever, right? And and maybe not now, maybe not yet, maybe just just a little bit here and there on the edges, but 5, 10, 15 years from now, it could be a whole different world, and it's dangerous. And it's like, as we've talked about before, once it becomes material, once it becomes something you see in your real life, it's too late. It's too far. You can't do anything about it. It's now is like the last final call. Either we're going to do something about this as a nation and we're going to dial this thing back, this ridiculous, overblown surveillance apparatus, or we're going to suffer underneath it. And our kids are going to suffer underneath it and it's going to be our fault.
1: So how are you going to uh,
0: fix it? Well, it's not how I'm going to feel. It's how everybody's fixing. The only way you can feel as many people can talk about it as much as they can, you know, can put as many much pressure about it on their congressmen and you know, give money to e- EFF and Have ECOB you contacted your
1: congressman and given I've done, money I've, to I've, this I've signed
0: some petitions. Yeah, I've given money. Okay. Talk about it on the show. Yeah. Thousands yeah. of people. So I think I'm doing something, yeah. right, making people aware of it. But oh, and the other thing is they. uh the uh the n s a there's another one that came out the n s a it says n s a officers sometimes spy on love interests right so they yeah. go right i mean i you get a million and one reasons why people and, and it's just there's no But opposite. how do you know that i mean how do they know that how do they like uh i think that was another internal investigation that was actually a report that was leaked that was an right. internal investigation by them by the n s a and so that's just again the tip of they call it love in you know they have like SIGINT, which is signals int, internet uh, uh, signals intelligence, or human, uh, which is human intelligence, like CIA type stuff. Yeah, loveint <laughs> So people are spying on their girlfriends or wives or ex wives or ex boyfriends or whatever. And you know what I mean? So it's like you give people power and they abuse it. It's Lord of the Rings, right? Mm. You as soon as you give people power, and the more power you give them, the more they abuse it. And they want to protect it. And It just it corrupts people, corrupts societies organizations. And that's why the Constitution was set up the way it was, was to separate powers and have the people who have ambition to power to essentially fight each other, right? To check each other. You want the people in the judiciary and the Congress and the executive to check each other. Let ambition check ambition. But once it sort of consolidates and once you have a free press that gets behind it um, and, and or gets behind it or refuses to check it, then it's... You know, underway to being checkmate, in which case you don't really live in a democracy. You, you, you live in something that resembles a democracy, but you don't really have any real control over it. So is there an example of a society that you
1: admire and you think that's what we should be like?
0: Well, I, I, I admire what the U.S. is supposed to be. Right. What we aspire to be, what we should be, what we were at times. You know, I mean, there have been periods of time, I mean, it's been a, it's been like a series of, of steps down, you know, there's, th- we're, 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 um, you know, and, and it's like, you can't even, even if you go back, well, the 80s or the 50s or the there you know, it's like, there were periods, they were things that were, that our government did or we allowed to be done that were very, uh, sort of un-American based on the un-American what we're supposed to be, you know, I mean, you know, there are things that even, um, Lincoln did. I mean, there are things that, uh, you know, a lot of our presidents said who we look up to and say, wow, they, but they actually did these things that are very un-American. Seizing all of the gold or sedition acts that were passed and all these kinds of things that were entirely un-American. You know, interning all the Japanese in World War II, you know, bombing Hiroshima and Nagasaki, just nuking civilian populations. I mean, it's not like, you know, we were just wonderful before. We have at times where we were just horrible. But, as, but we have those elements within us, and 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 it's not just the U.S. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a lot of Western societies and even East societies that have the elements of what a society or what it should be. But you know, it's freedom, and uh, you know, for everyone, and 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 then and part of that is not is trying to prevent us from some from sort of lurching into corruption and and uh, authoritarianism and things like that, which is. What societies tend to do over time, and they destroy themselves. And then, you know, I mean, hopefully we won't destroy ourselves like the Romans did, or, (laughs) you know, these other empires. I mean, but we are kind of an empire now. We're a different kind of an empire. We're kind of a soft empire in the way we don't have troops patrolling the streets of other countries, but we do control them through money and political and diplomatic influence and, and, and other things. I remember
1: at the beginning of the show, you like if we had ever talked about anything politics, you'd always say no, no, let's not talk about this. Yeah, whatever. but now you're like you're happy, you, you politics. I don't
0: care, screw it. <laughs> so let's <laughs> move on though. Um, there's a couple of points. So you know, one of the things that I want to do is kind of related to this. Is my, my like one of the things I have a lot of interest in is sort of finding the underlying laws of human nature almost like creating like the physics of human nature human behavior right you know it's like we have like you know as i say like self-interest self-preservation is sort of like the e equals mc squared it's like the core equation of humanity right that defines most things most yeah problems. like we we need to eat we need to breathe people will you be. ask them, why does this person do it well it's it adults meet their advantage one way or yeah. another right um and but if, but, there's, but like, what are like Maxwell's equations? What are these other equations that are more, um, that are less abstract that describe things at sort of a higher level? And like, you know, here's just article I just randomly came across a week or so ago. It's called, it was a paper called "Higher Social Class Predicts Increased Unethical Behavior." <laughs> you know, and which is really interesting. It's like they were, I, I think one of the things they did. I'm reading. I am hearing a radio. Sh- uh, this is covered in like NPR or something. And they were talking about how they were filming intersections and the kind of cars that would tend to ru- run red lights and take illegal turns and mm. tailgate people and stuff tended to be like the the really nice cars. People who thought they had thought of themselves as kind of special. Entitlement. Entitlement. Yeah. Right. And uh, were people who, you know. So that's know. so that was what the study was of cars at intersections. That was one of the equations. I think they one of the. Uh, things that they studied.
1: That they yeah, because studied. you could you could have, you know, tens of thousands of data points with that. So that would be a very a very accurate study. Yeah.
0: That's no, what I like yeah, about no, it. Was yeah, a bit, but yeah. So, um, oh, another thing, um, so I want to talk about the TL, remember the, the whole TLDR idea that I've been pushing for the yeah, last yeah, couple yeah. years? Yeah. So, um, uh, one of our listeners, uh, Julian Corlett, he, um, he did this about three weeks ago. He did a, a landing page experiment with creating like a TLDR for Hacker News. Yeah. And so he emailed me about it. He says, I'm going to try and do this. And, he, and it was that whole MVP. I'm just going to landing page to people to sign up. And there was some positive feedback and also some negative feedback on Hacker News. But it got a little bit of feedback. And he said he, he was on the front page for half a day. Something like that. Yeah. So but it um, it wasn't enough interest that he was willing to pursue it. He decided not to pursue it, and I got an email from um, David Yang, who created something called h n summaries h m dot com and he said, "Hey, you might be interested in this because I, I i I wrote a little comment about it on uh on the, on Hacker News, I, I think someone had mentioned that we had, I think maybe Julian had said, Hey, this is something that yeah. Jason and Justin have been talking yeah. about on texting. And so I, I said, yeah, cool. Good, good luck. I think it's really cool. And then, um, so David Yang emailed me, he said that he, he created this HN summaries and he said that, um, he's about 2000 subscribers. This is growing slowly. He's not really pushing putting any time into it, I guess. But he said that it, the way it works is it, it does it automatically. Whereas what Julian was doing was manually crafting summaries. And David's sorts sentences by how densely they contain the keywords present in the article, Hmm. which is clever. But I looked at it and I was like, it was kind of wasn't there. You know what I mean? I thought it was a very clever way to to try and do it. But it would take a lot of work because it really takes true understanding of an article to glean what's really important. I mean, there's no I, I would find it. Highly unlikely that, or at least extremely difficult, to create an algorithm that could compete with a, a smart human being looking at a subject and say, "Okay, this is basically this. Yeah. This is basically it, in the most succinct way possible." And um, he said that uh, he used to work at a company called Brightwire, which did financial news summaries, and you know they had humans working on. it. He said it was kind of a slog as a business; it was tough. And uh, so he's actually focusing on. Um, a, uh, oh, geez, if I put the link here, um, I'll put the link in the, in, the, uh, in the notes, but he's creating like an app academy. I think it's called Full Stack Academy or something. Nice. In uh, New York City. Nice. So I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you're interested, if you're in New York and you're looking for a, um, you know, to become a developer, like, I don't know if it's like a month or three months or whatever it is, but, you know, I think that model really works. I can take you from zero to apprentice level developer, junior level developer in the most efficient way possible. Yeah. If it's anything like uh, Hack Reactor is in, uh, in San Francisco. That, that one that you went to in San Francisco, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really worked well. Um, and um, I guess Cale Davis, who used to be the, um, he used to uh, uh, sort of be the curator for um, Hacker Newsletter. Or, I mean, he does, he's still the Hacker, uh, I guess it's Hacker Newsletter, right? Yeah, he's still doing, he's doing something called tl, TLDR.io. And it's, it's, it's really close to what I was talking about, where it's like if you're in Hacker News or some other subject, you'd have like a little TLDR little link next to the subject. You just click that and it brings it up mm. so you can read the summary. But it's pretty sparse at this point. Like you might see maybe one TLDR on, a pay, on the homepage a day. Yeah, I think I know the one you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, and because uh, it's, it's a Chrome... It's a Chrome um, Extension or whatever, yeah. but I think for this thing, you'd really have to, you'd really have to do it sort of like how Jason Calacanis is doing his launch ticker, um, which I subscribe to. So about twice a day, I get an email with the summaries of the of the top tech stories, tech news stories. A lot of it's new, you know, kind of tech crunch kind of stuff. I mean, not not it's not all tech crunch. I mean, it can be, you know, a lot, you know sourced from all kind of different places. But it's, it's companies that are launching you know, cool new technologies that are coming out, whatever. And it's really pretty good. I, I, I like it. But but what Jason Calacanis was able to do is because he has money, he can pay the editors to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, But he's also got a lot of experience at doing that. Like, in fact, everything that he's done has involved... Media? A big a big pool of people writing articles in one way or another. Well, Weblongs, Inc. Well, yeah. Silicon Valley
0: reported which you did that, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess, uh, Mahalo was kind of yeah. stuff like that, but it's not like it takes a genius to do that. Right. You know, you pay people, not a yep. lot of money, but if you're willing to write, go find the subject, summarize it. I mean, what, what's, what, it doesn't take expertise to it, but what it does take is money. So it costs about 20,000, I think it costs $18,000. Oh, it's making $18,000 a year so far. That's the, that's the run rate. And I think it's it's not covering costs, but it's getting closer and closer.
1: You know what I I find is um when I see stuff stuff on Hacker News right mm-hmm. and it's 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 getting relatively big and it's got like twenty or thirty comments or whatever. I always find if I go and read the first comment that like that's actually better than going to the article itself. It gives me a real insight because the two there's going to be two people. There's the first person who states it, then the second person who comes back and gives a counter viewpoint. And that's like, mm-hmm. that's, that's just a nice view, idea. Counter,
0: view, counter view. Yeah. yeah. I do the same thing too. A lot of times I'll, yeah. I'll read those unless it's an article that I know I'm going to be super interested in. I'll, I'll just stop and read those. Sometimes though, it's not always the case. I mean, it's, it's hit or miss. I, I mean, that
1: could be an algor- that could be an algorithmic site where it could almost be like a TLDR in its own right. You could just have the story title, right? You could just take the first two sentences of the article And then have the first comment, and then the second, the first rebuttal,
0: because they're all they're they're there by voting as well, you know. Yeah, I think it's okay. I think that'd be okay. I think really, really, you want custom written, uh, you know, one paragraph or less, maybe three sentence descriptions. That's what I would want. And so I think the Circa iPhone app kind of does that with news in general. Mm -hmm. Have you you used Circa? No, I haven't. No. Yeah, and they do, and it's really really good. It's really cool. I think it's – see, that's the problem. That's one thing about the Julian Corlett's experiment, which is an experiment that people run all the time. It's like, well, I'm going to throw a landing page out there, just describe this thing and see if people care. And I just – I don't think that works a lot of times. I think when you're trying to create something that's a little new, you have to do an awesome job in the product and you have to have – the financial backing to give it a chance to catch on well, people I, don't get it at first they just don't get it and it's not they're not going to change their habit quickly enough they're not really going to get what you're talking about they're not it just takes time but it's not just that like i also think
1: that the landing page that he had put together although it had the right words somehow it didn't have the design yeah it didn't have the, it didn't, it wasn't it, the quality enough it, to it didn't have the height yeah the quality of like oh this is this is going to be a, the fullness of the thing i could believe in so if it was a really well-designed page with beautiful text and all that kind of stuff, I think it could have had a much bigger reaction.
0: It might have helped a little bit. I But as you know, I'm a, I'm a skeptic on the whole lean startup. Like, hey, I'm just going to do this yeah. like really crappy, minimalist job and, and see if I can get people to do this stuff. And I think it's a low-risk way and it can work in some cases for certain kinds of businesses. But there's a whole huge category of businesses which are trying to do something that's fundamentally new that where just going to require an extremely well-executed product, and it's going to require enough funding or something to, for time for that to take off and, 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 and sort of um, lock into people's... So you're
1: basically saying it's like the Henry Ford, if I'd have asked people what they wanted, they would have said a half-faster I do. horse. That's I do. the way you
0: think? Well, I, th- I think people are... F- I mean, we, we've been talking about this for the last three years. being this sh- I think probably in the first 10 shows, I expressed that opinion. And I think I'm starting to hear more and more people be- are growing skeptical of the of the lean w- startup started, talk- the lean startup, you know sort of uh, experiment has run its course was that people-
1: last show you were talking about that or uh-huh. was that just between you and me you were telling me about some some article where they'd completely had a counter view to lean startup and said we're the exact opposite of lean startup we're a very successful company and we haven't done anything lean was that last show
0: mm, i don't know i, I can't recall. remember whether that was last show recall. or
1: if that was a private conversation okay. but
0: i i think it's it started to become you know Less of a heretical view because everybody bought into this whole, you know, lean startup landing page email list. I'm just gonna just describe in just vague forms what you're gonna do, and I'm gonna throw out this piece of crap, and and then I'm gonna I'm gonna check um, keyword uh, search for that. It just doesn't work for all, anything that's fundamentally new. It doesn't you know? You have to you have to execute on it, and, but that's what those things. Some use, you've form heard, of execution. Yeah, you know, boots, and that's why it's it, but. For bootstrap startups, maybe that's the way to go because it's extremely low risk, you know, but it also tends to be low, less interesting businesses, less interesting products. Whereas companies get funding, say "Hey, we can take a risk, we can execute on this product and launch it. And we have the money to fund ourselves while we build up, uh, while we, ca- we can sustain ourselves and continue to improve on the product while we gain adoption, you know. Mm. So, I don't know, that's... I have an idea for it. a
1: SaaS app. Another one. But, but I am not. I don't want to talk about it, but um, I know it would do well. You know? I just don't You're have sure? the time. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm <laughs> definitely sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know. You think everything's
1: going to work. Well, Plugio did do well. I mean, I, th- I think Plugio has had a nice ride. I mean, if yeah. Plugio sells for eighty five yeah. grand, it has been a great learning. It, it's been a great process. And, uh, you know, it worked. I yeah. built and sold a startup. Have you? Yeah, i haven't sold it. Not yet, but that's what I'll be able
0: to say. Well, if you sell it. If if I said, <laughs> 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 no, I didn't sell a startup. I built a startup. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but you know we took funding, so I guess that's a little different. Um, yeah. So I guess that's a wrap. But we're about how long are We're we're getting close to hour and forty minutes or yeah, something. Uh, no one one twenty. One twenty. Yeah, I'm kind of out of stuff. I want to. Uh, actually, I have some stuff I want to work on. I got a couple of projects that I'm working on that I think are. Uh, they're kind of interesting i want to spend a little time on today so
1: i think it was a good show we had we had uh, an energetic intro then we went into the dark stuff we had a little disagreement and then we brought it back up so i think it's been yeah it's been a roller coaster of a show which is exactly the hallmark of a great tech scene
0: is that right <laughs> <laughs> all right okay that's a wrap we're out